Smith goes for the shot in the back of the net. Keep your eye on goal of the day. That's got to be a contender early on. He takes the right for the shot. Oh my goodness me! And you would, as a Crawley fan, begin to believe the three points are yours. It's the best night of Crawley Town's lives. And there may be more to come. Hello and welcome to the Straight Red podcast. I think it's fair to say quite a lot has happened since the last full episode. With Crawley hitting the headlines a fair few times in just the last week alone, we'll be discussing all of that along with the recent form, the big question, which believe me, it's pretty big this week. And of course, the usual Sergio says, Broadfield buzz and our exclusive interview with Crawley's director of football, Selim Gagazes. It's going to be quite a packed episode. Well, Ewan, I've been on holiday in the wonderful, sunny Abu Dhabi for the past week and a bit. And so I haven't really been around for much of what's been going on in these past few weeks, although I have tried my best to keep in touch from afar. Do you just want to bring us up to date in terms of where Crawley are on the pitch? I'll try my best. And there's, I'll be honest, there's not a lot of great things to shout about. Let's, let's go right back to our last episode, 29th of January, and the games we've had since then. We're just going to rattle through them because this is going to be a form rather than a match review, I think is the best way of doing it because it's been such a long time. So we had the away draw versus Berry. Good game, good point on the road. Berry doing very well in the table. Then a 3-0 loss at home to Oldham. Absolute terrible. Uh, 0-0 draw against Northampton away. Home draw, one all with Macclesfield. And away, just yesterday, lost 1-0 to MK Dons. There's only a couple of things that I'm going to pick up on. The home game versus Oldham, which was a 3-0 loss, looks a lot worse than it does on paper, I felt. It was on a, it was sort of even Stevens until the 70th, 75th minute, and it was a terrible last 15. So they scored a cracking free kick, first of all. Uh, then, naturally, Crawley make two attacking substitutions, and then we lose one on the break, then they get a third from an absolutely impossible angle. So 3-0 doesn't justify, I think, what the, what the actual... Sort of, game was like on the pitch but again 3-0 at home not good enough and then the other one uh, I'm just going back to the 1-1 draw against Macclesfield as well that was it it was such a poor game Jonathan honestly it was really you didn't miss anything whatsoever um in fact, one guy, just nipping quickly to the forum, he left at half-time because he, he felt like he'd seen enough. Now, I think, wow. that's, I think that's a little bit a bit, bit, bit far-fetched. But, um, yeah, one guy left at half-time. It wasn't that bad. Zaya Erin was in attendance, um, and he was hoping, obviously, to see a win. His first game since October in the Checker Trade Trophy, and he didn't get to see that. Hopefully, hopefully he's realised how poor things are. I mean, it's at Christmas time, we had a good run, won our first two home games of the season. Then we've gone on this terrible, terrible run. Um, and I'll, I'll read out some stats in a second. But at the moment, it's just not good enough. Yesterday, losing 1-0 to MK Dons. By all accounts, I've seen the footage. It was a terrible goal to concede. Danny Bowman ducking down. A miscommunication clearly somewhere between the him and Morris. I'm not sure what, exactly what happened. But uh, to lose just by that one goal, really, really unfortunate. By all accounts, Crawley put in a good performance. So, yeah, I was going to say, from what I've read and seen online is that generally the feeling was that Crawley played really well and it was just a kind of that one defensive error, that one lapse in concentration for one second sort of thing, conceded Crawley that goal and conceded them the game essentially in the end. And even Paul Tisdale, the MK Dons boss, admitted that it was a tough game for MK Dons and that Crawley played some really great football at times and that Crawley didn't deserve to lose at the end of the day. But it's just coming back to that constant inconsistency. We can put mm. in some great performances and we can put in some terrible ones. There's nothing, there's no sort of regular game plan, no regular philosophy that Joffy calls it. I just can't see where the team is heading. 
because we keep taking steps backwards. It's really frustrating. Uh, a couple of stats for you. These aren't good stats. Now, the first one's not too bad. Apart from Oldham, where we lost 3-0, in those four games, other four games, we only conceded three goals. So we're not, like, we're not like we're shipping goals, but we only scored two goals in five games. We got three points from the last 15. We haven't won at home since the 5th of January. We've only scored three goals in the last eight, won five out of the last 27, and Palmer, mm. our top striker, he scored one in the last nine. Yes, it's, it's fair to say that it's really easy to see that it is a fact that we can't score goals, that we can't just convert in that final third sort of thing. And it's the same sort of theme that was coming out from earlier on in the season where it's just a case of we can't put it in the back of the net. And Gabby is aware of this because he's mentioned it many times in post-match interviews. He talks about it quite a lot, in fact. But does this sort of warrant us to give him more time that we need to still stay with, stay with what we you know, agreed a few weeks ago where he just needs more time to get his philosophy into the players? Or is this an early indication, an early sign that he's actually out of his depth here? Do you know what? I've always been, and I always try and be positive. I'm always optimistic. I've always given Chuffy the, the, the benefit of the doubt. I am now turning a corner personally where I'm thinking, this probably isn't the right guy. And I know a lot of people have been in that stage for months now, saying this isn't the guy, this isn't the guy. But I consider myself one of the most probably optimistic, maybe too optimistic at times. That's absolutely fine. I'm not going to apologise for being positive and things. But if I consider myself turning a corner, <sighs> Craig Brewster has just come in in the last week. I'm sure you've seen that. Yes, he came in yes. a couple of days ago. My prediction is he'll be caretaker by the Notts County game. He'll take us through the last three games of the season. And then we spend the summer looking for either Craig to be manager. I mean, I'm being very romantic. I'd love Craig to be manager. You look at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and think, I know he hasn't played for us, but it's just a very romantic thing uh, when managers and people come back to a club. He's been caretaker manager twice. The crowd, the fans absolutely love him. Um, he could do a job or will we bring somebody in over the summer that Craig, again, will will sit underneath. But Craig knows the team better than um, probably Gabby and uh, and Nathan. I think that's an absolutely brilliant appointment by the club. Are they, are the club saying, right, here's somebody to take over just in case? Because at the moment, all the hearsay and, and the words from the club is, he's not going, he's not going, we like him, he's building a philosophy, building a team. Five wins in 27. Mm. It doesn't, doesn't speak for itself, does it? And also, like you mentioned, Craig is very happy to be back and the fans very happy to see him back as well because of course we link him with the, the sort of the golden era of Crawley Town because he was in that part of movement up from League Two to League One and of course the wonderful FA Cup runs that they had as well and so there's always going to be happy memories uh, with, with Craig but something that I've seen mentioned quite a few times online is now that Craig's here is Paul Rayner and Steve Evans going to join in the summer? My immediate answer is no because of money but what do you think? Oh, you've hit the nail on the head. We can't afford Steve Evans and Paul Rayner. End of conversation, really. Uh, Steve's been at, has been at Rotherham, Leeds, um, Peterborough. Those wages are probably three, four times what we're willing to pay a manager. I wouldn't be surprised if Gabby was earning less than a lot of the players. And the reason that is, when you've got a cheap manager, inexperienced manager, that's when the directors of football, Salim, and the management, they can then pick the team, pick the players, etc., etc. If you bring in an expensive manager like Steve, he would not stand for that. Steve would be picking the players. Steve would be deciding who we sign, etc., etc. The owners don't want to do that because it's their toy and they want to play with it however they like. Talk about picking players. Maite, German and Marias, three players that haven't really featured at all in the squad in recent matches gone by. 
And there were three players that Crawley fans are very excited about. Obviously, Maite and German signed fairly recently. I believe both of them are out injured at the moment, which is why they're not featuring. But Marias, fully fit. I think I think Ricky German is not. I think he's not injured. He's just not fit enough yet. I find it bizarre that he's not had twenty minutes at the end of a game somewhere just to introduce him to the fans. I think that's really really strange. Marais, this is the real talking point. I think it's quite clear. I got no facts. I got no facts whatsoever. Just to point out, first of all, it's clear that he must have surely fallen out with the management or the directors or the owners, etc., etc., somewhere. He's by far and away one of our top sort of three, four players on the team sheet every single week. If he is fit, how is he not playing? There's some, there, there, there's something going on behind the scenes. I'd love to know what it is. Um, a fan on Twitter actually uh, d- directly asked him, um, "What's happening, Philippe? Are you fit?" And he's just come back and said very simply, "Yes, I'm fully fit." Mm, very interesting answer, really, when, when you don't give too much away. And it's kind of hard to believe that he could fall out with someone like Gabby because the Gabby that we've been shown is that he's very friendly. He wants to be everyone's sort of friend. He wants to bring everyone together. And so it's but, kind but of hard to believe. At the forum, he did say he's got a, a, yes, a wicked streak in the change room if he, if he, if he needs that. Um, so, yeah, it's a bizarre one. I mean, uh, let's, let's be really romantic and say uh, by the summer... Craig Brewster, manager, Felipe Moraes, assistant manager, something like that. So so you don't still hope for the fact that Gabby can turn things around and be able to build his squad during the summer? Um, no, I, I've, I've, I'm going to say I've officially gone the other way. I love Gabby, great guy, love speaking to him. He's always friendly, always nice to us when he speaks to the podcast and things, etc., etc. But um, again, those stats, we've scored two goals in five. We scored three goals in the last eight games. We haven't won at home for two months. We've won five out of 27. That's not going anywhere. Okay. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I'm going to give him Brilliant. until the end of March, I think. I think I'm clutching by straws onto his onto his philosophy here. But uh, yeah, I'm going to give him to the end of March and see whether he can turn things around and get something a bit more positive. If he can, I'll... I'll Back into the end of the season. Yeah, if, if not, I think I might. Turn. I think once you look at the next five games coming up in March, it's a tough, it's a tough, tough, tough run. Uh, but let's just finish off this first section by looking at the table and looking at some positives. Uh, first of all, Crawley. This isn't a positive. 18th on the table. Last five games. Draw, loss, draw, draw, loss. Thankfully, the bottom three and maybe Morecambe as well are doing us a favour by not chasing any points either. Because, I mean, we've got we've got three points from the last 15. Terrible. Thankfully, the likes of Macclesfield, Port Vale, they've only got three and one point from the last 15 points as well. Notts County had a couple of wins in a row. Uh, they've then gone loss, loss, draw. So they're still on 29 and 30, respectively, Notts and Macclesfield. We're on 39, uh, and it, it's essentially 10, considering the goal difference as well. Nine points, that buffer, that, that can close really quickly. We've got games coming up on Saturday and Tuesday. If we lose both of those and one of those two wins, that, that's, that's down to a win. I can see the home game against Notts County, third from last game of the season, our second last home game from the season. That is going to be huge. We could potentially send Notts down or they could drag us down into that bottom three uh, over the last two games. That, that's the game that I'm sort of looking forward to the most of the rest of the season because I think winning that would save us and send Notts down based on the stats at the moment, I think. But of course, like they mentioned in the forum, Every game is like a cup final at the moment. Uh, you've got to, you know, approach every game like it's your last. Yeah, they said that at the forum. In the last three games, we've gone drawn, drawn, loss. 
So, it, so we've it, lost the cup. Exactly. And uh, I, I want to try and end this on a positive still. So other than that, and the, there's like no directional philosophy, no game plan. Um, the, I'm, and I'm talking about the Macclesfield game particularly here. I didn't go to MK Dons and a lot of people said it was great. Good performance, apart from the sort of pretty shambolic goal, unfortunately. Um, other than that, Cissé and Dallison, I think, have been brilliant. Willock, I think he, he could be fantastic. Uh, I think Young still gets far too much criticism. I think Young and Cissé playing sort of like, the, almost like the wing backs. Or, or, or wingers, I think they're quite exciting down the centre, uh, down the side. Sorry, it's just unfortunate that it, it's we've only got one sort of striker playing that's over six foot, which is Oli Palmer. And if he can't get his head on the end of those, I saw Young put about 12, 15 crosses in in about twenty five minutes against Macclesfield. And yeah, they're not David Beckham esque crosses, but they're all going into the kind of right area. If somebody isn't getting the head on them or toe on them, that, that's that's not his problem. And he's the one person that plays with a, a, as much passion as maybe like Danny Bowman, etc. Um, and obviously, Young got it's great to see Young get his goal. Um, I was going to say, I was imagining I mean, it, it, you it, it to was, text me or something, but a, I did was, see the goal. It was a double deflection. Yes. I'm not sure where <laughs> it was going, but it got in the back of the net anyway. And he was delighted, of course, and it maybe silenced a few people. And uh, again, just mention his name, Danny Bowman, defying his age against Macclesfield. He ran more distance than anybody else on that pitch, the 40-year-old. Um, and Morris, always solid. So th- there are positives. It's just the fact that y- you can't deny the stats that things are not good at Crawley Town at the minute. So, Jonathan, that's what's been happening whilst you've been away on the pitch. Let's have a look at the games coming up. And I think you're going to touch on our predictions for the last couple of games as well. Yes. So just to bring back our predictions and to see whether we got any right or wrong, it's a pretty poor show from both of us, not going to lie. So, Berry, we both predicted a loss. It was a draw. Oldham, uh, we both predicted a win, which was a loss. Northampton, uh, I predicted a win. You predicted a draw. It was a draw. So well done. Hooray! And Macclesfield was a draw and we both predicted a win. So um, you come better off from both of us, but really poor show. Let's look forward. What's coming up? So coming up, uh, obviously Crawley sit currently in 18th place. Uh, They play Grimsby at home next, who are in 14th. Then Mansfield at home also, who are in third. So higher up the table. Crew away, 15th, a bit lower down. And Lincoln at home in first place in the table. So it's a pretty tough month to come. Um, and of course, all of those teams are above Crawley, but I mean, that's pretty easy to see because Crawley are so low down in the table. At the Wait, I, I'm struggling because I'm going to include Morecambe on this as well, away um, at the end of the month. So this is all our games for March. Grimsby, Mansfield, Crew, Lincoln, Morecambe. Away versus Morecambe. Got to get three points there because otherwise that drugs us right into the zone. Uh, in those first four games, Grimsby, Mansfield, Crew, Lincoln, let's be fair, we could potentially lose three of those. Maybe even four. I'm, I'm trying to look where we're going to get points. Let's hope we get something against Grimsby at home. They're 14th at the minute. Um, Mansfield at home, third place. And then Lincoln at home, who are in first place. I can't... If we get a point from those two games, maybe, then away at Crew on the 15th, if we get a point there. If, if we get four points out of those five games, I'm really struggling to see where we're going to sort of pick up points, apart from Morecambe. So I'm going for win, draw, draw, loss. So win v Grimsby, draws v Mansfield and Crew. A loss against Lincoln. And what about away at Morecambe on the twenty on the um, on the thirtieth? They're twenty first. I would probably go with a draw based upon Crawley's form going into this, but I would like to see that if Crawley did have a good month, maybe that could turn into a win. Yeah, I, th- I think in short, it's going to be a very difficult month, 
And it could be a, a career-deciding month for Gabriel Choffey. I mean, if we go through this month, another month again, we've got three home games. We haven't won a home game since 5th of January. Let's hope we can at least win one of those home games and see the, the Gabby wave at the end of the game. Haven't seen that for a little while. Um, Sergio's prediction. Should we move on to Sergio's prediction? Yes, our resident predictor. Because these are fairly p- positive, actually. He's been really generous. He's gone for a 2-1 win at home versus Grimsby, a 1-0 draw home versus Mansfield, a 1-0 win away versus Crook. So he's gone win, draw, win so far. Then a 2-1 loss at home versus Lincoln and a draw away at Morecambe. So he's got eight points from 15. Generous? Yeah. (laughs) Has has he been looking at the form table? (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) But that's what Sergio says. Um, I'm just going to say points. If we can get, if we get seven points from those five games, I think that's an absolute result, and we're getting closer to that sort of magic 50-point mark. I don't want to go into the last three, four games of the season needing points. I think the last few seasons, we've eventually... It's been close sometimes, but we have gone into the last three or four games uh, fairly safe. I can't. I, I, hopefully that's the case this year. It's getting tighter and tighter. The form book... I mean, law of averages says you've got to win some games every soft and eventually, no matter how bad you're playing. Hopefully March is going to be the month. You and you've had your work cut out this week, haven't you? It's time for Broadfield Buzz, and it's fair to say it's been quite a buzz going on. Oh my goodness! A month. I've never seen so much go on in a month. I am going to try my best to keep this short. There's several sort of talking points that we'll look at, some important ones. There's some brilliant stats that I've got for you over the last month, just to read out. And at the end, instead of going through talking everything, I'll just say in case you missed it, because you can you can always look on the on the club website, etc., etc. Everything's available to you. This is really just to bring you things that maybe uh, maybe just sort of slid by your attention. So first of all, and we're going back to the 4th of February here, I just wanted to touch on Zaya's statement. Now, this was before our forum special episode, so we're not going to mention the forum whatsoever, other than we did a forum special. So if you think we're missing that out on this Broadfield Buzz, we're not. There's been an episode on it, so have a little look. But on the 4th of February, Zaya made a statement, and it was in relation to, I think people were getting fed up not hearing from him for a while. Um, so we did come out and say a few things. I'm just going to pick up on three and a half things that he mentioned, okay? Now, he mentioned football and aims. Each other came under a topic, so football and aims. And now he said, we wanted to be in the Skybet Championship in eight to ten years. We said that a few years ago. Is that ambitious? Yes, of course it is. However, it is possible. I'll stop there and say, I don't think it is possible, Jonathan. No, I think there's a point about being ambitious, and I like it, but there's also a point about being realistic. And maybe if you said League One in 10 years, yeah, I'll buy that. That's also being ambitious as well, I think. Uh, Championship, probably a bit too ambitious. Based on we've got, we keep keep hearing that we've got a top 10 budget um, and we're 18th. We've gone backwards in the three years based on when they came in. I find it absolutely bizarre, but hey, let, let's carry on with it anyway. Let, let's sort of let they can be they they can be positive. We all love that. Also, if I may chip in quickly, I know they keep on saying we've got a top ten budget and they're looking at uh, pieces of paper and and figures and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, this is reality, and I don't mean to sound super harsh, but this is my opinion on this: is that you can say you can have a top ten budget, but you might need to invest more than a top 10 budget in order to get a club there. Like you, you can't just look at figures at the end of the day and say, oh, we've, we've got a, a Premier League budget or whatever. Um, and then we'd expect to be in the Premier League. Look at Notts County. Mm, exactly. Yeah, it, 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 I find it more odd the more times I read it. But um, he did say we've made good decisions and mistakes we can learn from. We've gained more points each season and the squad has improved each season. 
we haven't gained more points each season based on this year. And our budget, again, is a top half for League Two. It, it's irrelevant. It, it's a nice stat. It's good to know. We're, um, we're very, very grateful for the investment. I mean, if Zaya wasn't putting his money in, he puts about a million quid in a year. Um, if he wasn't putting the money in, we'd be a lot further down. Um, but we keep hearing this top half for League Two. Stop telling us that because we're not there at the minute, are we? I feel like it's being used as a scapegoat, that sort yeah. of phrase. Um it's time for some sort of results to happen. And whether that requires you to put in a League One budget to see those results happen, then so be it. Yeah. Um, football isn't a money-making game at the end of the day. It's kind of a, a, a losing money game. Yeah. He also mentioned the training ground. There have been some developments in obtaining a permanent training facility during the coming months. We should be able to present more information soon. Look forward to that. I think it's it, it's poor. I mean, if you've, got a, if you've got a training ground, we're training on the 3G at the moment. How can you attract... We want to attract sort of uh, maybe Premier League youngsters and things or championship youngsters. Why will they want to come to us when we haven't even got a training facility? Why would Premier League clubs allow their youngsters to come to Crawley Town when they're going to be playing not even on grass to, 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 to drain? It's, it's absolutely bizarre. I'm hoping that over the close season, something will be sorted. I think it's got to. Yeah, I think it's got to be. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned Gabby. Um, he's united the club in many ways. He, he cares for the badge and believes Crawley is his home. There have been some bad results, but I believe Gabriel is creating a team with identity and increasing confidence. Is he? I mean, again, we just go back to the stats and things. It doesn't look like it sometimes. Um, creating a team with identity and confidence. Where's Philippe Moraes? It doesn't seem united, particularly at the moment. Um, and we'll come on to Palmer and Polion in a minute. That's another real talking point. But the final one from Z uh, Zaya, and this is uh, kudos to us, actually. This is just in for a joke. I feel the club is engaging with fans more and more than ever. The CTSA meet regularly with our board, and we've, uh, we're very open in talking to supporters. We do our best to listen to our fans through so social media and podcasts. Hey. <laughs> so some really interesting points from Zaya there. Um, and it, it's nice to get a statement like that instead of the, the uh, copy and paste annual <laughs> Christmas once we get to the family, etc. There was actually some points written there. Whether it came from Zaya um, or, or the team at Crawley or Erdem or Salim, who knows? But uh, it, at least there's some added information there that we were all looking for. So that's point one in Broadfield Buzz. Uh, coming on next, this is something that came on the website a few weeks ago. And it's just to make you aware uh, of season ticket benefits. The club were trying to get you to realise that, uh, well, all of us to realise that as the seasons get older, you've got more benefits than you maybe you think. So you do get two additional free tickets to any one home league game of your choice. You get 15 percent off in the shop over 10 quid 10 percent off higher charges at the main one back this week you can upgrade your ticket to hospitality at a discounted rate and you get priority tickets for all cup ties <laughs> of which there are none <laughs> uh, but it's on it's, it's a bullet point so i had to mention it um right next serious talking point i know you've been away polion and palmer instagram yes no I, i've heard about this and i think it's one of those things where whenever i read a report it's always uh, like you said Someone else's uh, brother's friend saw this happen on Instagram, but no one ever actually saw it. It's it's a really odd one. So, uh, I mean, the hearsay says they made an Instagram video, a live video, um, which can't be recorded. It's only you can only watch it if you're actually watching it. That's why we haven't got any footage of it. Dissing the training club, dissing some fellow players. Again, it's a lot of hearsay. It's my friend saw this happen. Who saw it? I, I haven't seen anybody on Twitter that actually saw it. Everybody says, oh, my friend saw it. Oh, they saw it. Or this person saw it. There's no actual hard facts, so it's very, very hard to make a decision if you didn't see it. Um, innocent till proven guilty, etc., etc. 
the club have come out and um, made made a statement, and and Ollie and Dom have released a statement themselves. In case you missed it, it said, "We are sorry that we posted a live video when we did. We accept that it was an error of judgment on our part. We are both passionate about doing well for Crawley Town. We are determined, along with the rest of the squad." Um, and they did completely refute that the what the allegations were about them dissing the training facilities and fellow players they said it was taken completely out of context again we've got no footage we can't watch it now to say whether it is or isn't so as far as the club say that the matter's closed kelly derham in the statement on the website said ollie and dom accept they were in the wrong by doing the video when they did on the eve of a northampton game the board have spoken to them about their responsibilities regarding social media and we now consider the matter closed they both started on that game versus northampton the next morning after the video a lot of people were upset with that Again, has it been taken out of context? Did you see it? Let us know what was actually said. It's so hard to make a decision when you haven't got the actual facts in front of you. It is completely. And I saw quite a few people saying, you know, these players need to have maybe their wages docked for a bit or to be banned for a few games by the club. I think personally that's a little bit harsh. I mean, compared to a lot of what goes on in football and and what players do, this is kind of at the lighter end of that, I think. yeah, I, I agree with what the club have, have said, that the matter is now closed. And as, as long as it's not repeated again, I think, you know, it should be fine. At the end of the day, Ollie Palmer, we all know he's a bit of a joker and, and likes to uh, poke the media around a lot as well in the post-match interviews. And so, I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah, so uh, we'll move on from that. And like I said, let's hope it never happens again. And, and again, they are they are all young guys as well, aren't they? And it's not, uh, I'm not sort of um, condoning it whatsoever. But um, they're young guys in the spotlight some of the time, not majorly, but, um, you know, they're going to do silly things. And a lot more senior players and respected players in the Premier League do a lot, lot worse on a weekly basis. So uh, next talking point, Broadfield Buzz. You, you Hopefully you've seen this. Singapore, £7 million takeover of Crawley. Discuss, Jonathan. <laughs> Yes, all I can say is it's from the Mail Online. <laughs> all right, all right, Mr. BBC. Um, so yeah, yeah, so the story came out of the Daily Mail, so, so take it with a pinch of salt, my goodness me. And then, of course, the Crawley Observer picked it up and put their own spin on things. But Sports Mail, they said, um, understands that Kai Bang, who owns Vsport, a cryptocurrency platform, nobody knows really what that is, um, apart from its online uh, invisible money, uh, backed by blockchain technology, is nearing a takeover worth £7 million of the League 2 side they must have more money than cents seven million literally and also just just to entertain the idea for a second would you even want an owner coming in making substantial financial investment in your club when that finance is sort of built upon cryptocurrency which is a market which fluctuates incredibly fast like it goes up and down by like 97 percent in seconds or minutes or whatever would you want someone with that kind of unstable financial backing to be investing in your club and then potentially in them a three months time that you're sort of going i don't know not bankrupt but you know what i mean the reason i don't i don't take this the story too much or too seriously is the seven million pound figure crawley have got no assets whatsoever we don't own the staging we lease it apart from glenn morris who we could sell for maybe 45 million we don't have we don't have we don't have any other assets in players really apart from obviously ollie palmer but we're not talking seven million pounds worth of players um, I think the club's valued at about two million worth of players online from various sort of um, statistics. Yeah, so I mean that that figure blows the story away from me. 
it, it, I don't, I, I'm not too interested in it, but it was it was worth bringing up just in case people hadn't heard about it. Um, but again, Vsport apparently this is again this is the Mail Online previously looked into purchasing Blackpool, who have recently gone into receivership and met with the infamous Owen Oyston. Buy is thought to be this is the owner of the cryptocurrency. Buy is thought to be keen on Crawley in part due to their location near Gatwick Airport. He said Gatwick is likely to expand in the coming years. That would mean an increased population in the area and a growing fan base for Crawley, increasing its value. Crawley have got 100,000 people in the town. We can't get 2,000 to come to a match. Let's say by a miracle, the population of Crawley increases to 200,000 overnight. We're still not filling our stadium. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's to do with the, the marketing of the club, really, and, and the form on the pitch, I think, is, is what needs to change in order to bring that in. But either way, it's uh, it was a crazy thing to see interesting as well to see people's responses to it but the club i think have responded officially and saying you know then they're, they're not interested in the, the club have de- the club have denied it's for sale i mean they, they also said that there's always going to be interested parties in, in in all football clubs no matter whether it's man united or, or, or crawley town there's always going to be people interested in buying a football club um so i think they might entertain conversations but the club is officially not for sale right moving on i said we've got some really good stats to talk about now um and if you are on twitter i know a lot of you aren't on twitter but, but we sort of reach you through the forum and facebook etc but there is a, a t- uh, there's a, a, a an account called d3d4 football i think we now follow us they now follow us as well <laughs> we're, we're important now yeah um, and if you're not following them or you don't look at the website have a look at it the stats they bring out day in day out are, are just brilliant it's, it's such a good source of information d3d4 stands for obviously the old version of division three division four football which is now league one league two so that's all they talk about and all they mention so here's a couple of their stats that have come out recently. And I'm, I'm mentioning these ones because there's Crawley players involved in them. I, I ignore the other ones. But most tackles in League Two. Okay. Number one, Neil Bishop of Mansfield, 176 tackles. Third place, Panuche Kamara, 145 tackles. That's all the players in League Two. He's got third most tackles. Highest percentage shots on target in League Two. We have Ollie Palmer in third place. So he's not scoring many goals at the moment, but still shots to shots on target percentage, 45.07%. So almost half his shots. And the leader, Padraig Amond of Newport, is only on 50.01. So he's not far off top spot as well. Most goals from penalties in League Two this season. Number one, MK Dons on seven. Crawley Town, third, five. <laughs> goals from penalties. Oh, I, when I think back, I think, have we had that many penalties? I'm not really sure. I don't know if we've missed many penalties. We might have just had five and scored five. I haven't looked at it in too much detail. But again, just interesting to see. We're, we're quite high on some of these um, um, stats that they bring out. But here is my favourite one, Jonathan. This is most super saves in the top four tiers of English football. What constitutes a super save? It's just a worldie. It's when everybody says that was a worldie. And this is top four. So this is Premier League, Championship League One, League Two. Grimsby's James McCowan, 53 this season. Marek Rodzak of Rotherham, 53. Third place, Glenn Morris, Crawley Town, 49 super saves this season. Wow, that's incredible. I'm surprised it's that low. Yeah. I'm surprised Merson's not up there. I'm surprised De Gea's not up there. <laughs> um, but there we go. Crawley Towns at Glen Morris in third place. Most super saves this season. Now, here is a stat to bring us back down to earth, Jonathan. Um, I'm not sure where I got this from, but it's the average attendances 
across the entire top four divisions in English football. So quite clearly, Old Trafford is at number one, 74,500. Emirates and London Stadium are next, like 59, 57,000. It goes right down to um, Morecambe's Globe Arena, of average of 1,904. That's not far off Crawley. So of the 92 teams, Crawley are 91st. <laughs> average attendance. The People's Pension Stadium, average of 2,204. Uh, that's well, yeah. I suppose that I'm not surprised that that is their average attendance. I'm kind of surprised they're not bottom of the table, if I'm honest. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I mean, just above us, uh, Moss Road through 2,300, the New Lawn 2,500. There's six teams with under 3,000, and then it jumps, 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 jumps. But yeah, Crawley Town 91st in attendance. It's no, when your ticket sales and your attendance are so you sort of like your bread and butter money, apart from your investors. It's no surprise we're 18th no. in League Two. How can we? How can we possibly hope, other than through some sort of magic, to be any higher than we are? And I think that hopefully backs up uh, and and hammers home what the what the board are saying really in terms of the fact that they have really little money coming in from ticket sales, and if Crawley are 91st in the top 92 teams in, in England, that really does put it in perspective for fans to understand that, you know, your club doesn't really have that much money coming in from what, what you say is the bread and butter of income. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, just another stat there to, to, to finish off the, the stats section. Um, a couple of last few bits here in Broadfield Buzz. Are you a Mike Doby fan? Uh, Do you, no. know who, you know who Mike Doby is? No. The Crawley Town song from the FA Cup run. You know, a message from all Crawley. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that yes, was yes, Mike yes, yes. Doby. Oh, right, right. Um, and there's lots of Mike Doby fans in Crawley. And he's playing at Red's Bar this month, Saturday, the 16th of March. He's performing to celebrate the launch of his new album, Liberation Station. So if you're a Mike Doby fan, uh, you can get your tickets at the club. Now, this is a sad one. There's no more Red's Bar chat. They put a tweet out on the February the 17th, um, and I'll read it out. It's with a massive heavy heart that we will no longer be able to produce the Red Spar Chat podcast. We want to thank all the amazing Crawley Town fans who embraced us and accepted us with this new form, this new platform at the time. Your views and interaction kept us going. Now, uh, 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 but somebody said to me um, recently, oh, you must be happy now you're, only, you're the only Crawley Town podcast. And I said, absolutely not, because it, this isn't an ego thing. It's not about us and having a podcast, etc., it's about having a platform to talk about Crawley. And the more, the better. So if you've got websites and podcasts and magazines and online, et cetera, et cetera, and Twitter accounts, the more opportunities to talk about the club, the better, and, and spread the reach of the club. That's what we're doing. And I think it's really sad that they've... I think it was due to the fact that um, work, et cetera, et cetera, just don't have time to do it. And we know, Jonathan, it, it's time-consuming to make a podcast. I mean, I've... I did two or three hours worth of notes just for my notes for this podcast. It's going to be less than that, less than an hour maybe. Um, and obviously you do all the editing, et cetera, et cetera. It's not free either. We spend our own money to create this podcast on the, the iTunes license and the equipment they bring here. Um, and it's just about a love for the club. So the more people doing it, the absolute better. So if somebody else wanted to create a podcast, it, it, we, it wouldn't be a rival. It would be absolutely welcome it. Um, but obviously, we thank Red Spar Chat for, for sort of showing us the way. And, and for, for now, at least, we'll, we'll carry the baton and move it forward. They showed us how to do it. And we're hopefully going to um, hopefully improve on that and make it even better and more listeners, et cetera, et cetera. But they started it. We're very grateful. And we're really sorry to see them go. Yeah, I, I couldn't really add anything better and, and say anything different to what you said. You summed it up pretty well. And... Having a, another podcast as well is is great in the sense that 
we, you know, we say things one way, we interpret things one way, we format things and, and structure our podcast one way. Um, other people might want to do it a different way. And it's, it's great to have another podcast so that we can look and see, ah, you know, they're doing it that way and, and people really love it. So maybe there's something working in that format that we're not doing. And so by not having that, we don't get that. But at the same time, it is exciting moving forward that we are sort of now taking that baton forward, like you say. And uh, just the last few things, I'm not going to go into the, any detail. This is just in case you missed it, the last few bits and pieces of Broadfield Buzz. So McNerney has signed a new two-year contract. Uh, Maite, of course, have rejoined from Cardiff. Mark Randall has left. I thought he left bloody years ago. I can't remember the last time I saw him, but he's officially left anyway. Um, I think this happened in the last podcast. Roman Vincelo has left. Disappointing, but he was played out of position and the club said he wanted to leave as well. Whether that's true... We'll never know. Another departure from the club, which is really, really sad. Sophie Harding, ticket office manager, after six seasons. We've all bought a ticket off Sophie, um, and she's no longer going to be there. So we wish her all the best. I think I believe she's moving to uh, Leaders, one of the Crawley Town sponsors. So she's yes. been uh, poached in the summer transfer window. Um, but goodbye to Sophie. Thanks for all your hard work. It was an absolute pleasure working with you. And of course, um, in the later days, sort of uh, seeing you in the ticket office, et cetera, et cetera, like we all did to buy tickets, bits and pieces. Always smiling, always happy. Great, great member of staff will be sorely, sorely missed. Yeah, I was going to say the one thing I remember about her is great smile on her face all the time, no matter what. Absolutely. Um, back to players, Taryn Alarakia. He's doing very well at Wheelston Rovers, apparently, winning a couple of man of the matches. So well done to him. Um, maybe see him back during the summer. Who knows? And um, we did mention it very, very briefly. Uh, one final stat to end Broadfield Buzz. Crawley Town are ranked 80, the 82nd most valuable team in English football at 2.5 million. Oh, very nice. There we go. So again, 7 million. Do your research in Singapore. What, what what websites are you looking at to get your valuations? It's 2.5. I can save you four and a half million. Come through me. We'll do it together. Jonathan, that's my Broadfield buzz. Apparently, you've got two things to add. Yes, two what, other... What, what have I possibly missed? Well, one rumour. It's from The Sun. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Yes, so take it take it with what, whatever you want to take it with, really. But 350k for Cissé, apparently. Oh, I did see that, yeah. West Brom. Um, I, I think that's... And um, a fair valuation. He's been brilliant. He's been on League Two Team of the Week in several um, sort of places. He is great. 350 grand. That puts him up there with the likes of, I think we were selling sort of the likes of Tubbs and Tyrone Barnett for those kind of figures-ish. Didn't Tubbs go for like a million or something? Oh, no, no. I think Tubbs was 600,000 actually. So ignore that. Okay. But still, 350,000. That would put him in our probably our top five ever sold players if he went. I think he hasn't been in the team long. He's made a massive impact whilst he has been in the team recently. Um, would I take 350 grand for him now? Yes, if I thought it was going to be reinvested in the squad. But whenever we have sold players, is it reinvested in the squad? I don't know. You could probably hire a training ground for 350 grand for a little while. Sad to see him go. I would be, yeah, definitely. I think he's been an absolute re revelation on the uh, on the left. I think he's absolutely brilliant. So, yes, I absolutely would be. Um, I'd maybe wait till the summer and just make sure we don't get dragged into anything stupid down the bottom in the last couple of games. To be honest, I can't see that happening. I th I'd like to think we are fairly safe. Nine points separating two teams at the bottom and several teams in between. Um, but let's play it safe and maybe let him go in the summer for 355 Yes. Well, of course, that's a rumour. We don't know that's actually happening. But, you know, I thought we'd talk about it because it was very interesting. I thought 350k was maybe a bit more than I would have paid for him. But either way, interesting to see. The second point I had and, and saw was Hendy leaked 
um, as the new back of shirt sponsors I and did. around the grounds and in programs for the 2019-20 season, which was very interesting because it did look like an official email screenshot, but nothing's been said from the club yet. It looked like it came from Hendy to Hendy staff. Yes. As a commercial manager, I would have been absolutely fuming. fuming. Oh my, there's there's nothing worse than when it's something, if it's a hoarding, et cetera, et cetera, that's absolutely fine. I get that. But if it's anything to do with the shirt or anything to do with the stadium or, or a stand... The, the things we put in place to stop any leaks happening were, were quite significant. And I know, I think, unless this has been done with the club's permission, and it generally isn't, because it would generally go out at exactly the same time. We both release it, our website, their website, literally on the second. Um, so I think Joe will be quite upset with that if it's not been orchestrated in that way. Um, but yeah, interesting to, to see it done that way. And again, looking at it in... in just the facts. Hendy, local company. Great to see more money coming into the club from a local company. So absolutely all for it. Interesting way how it's been um, announced. As a commercial man yourself, is how damaging is this? Is is this a, a big deal, like you say? It's 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 not damaging to the club. It's damaging to the relationship with the current backer shirt sponsor, which is Intercleanse. Now. The way I would have always done it is, and, and again, I'm, I'm probably speaking on behalf of Joe as well, because Joe knows how you, <laughs> clearly knows how you do this. You, you agree with the, um, you generally don't announce a new sponsor for a position that's currently in there. So you wouldn't announce it until the last game of the season, potentially. Um, that would upset Intercleanse. Intercleanse, I'm assuming, no, that they're not <laughs> going to be the back of shirt sponsor next season. That would be more difficult if they were still in negotiations to renew, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but who knows? Yeah, it, it, it is it's damaging for the current sponsor if they were looking to do something else because Intercleanse now will say, well, that's ridiculous. Off we go. No more money from us and we're not going to be with you next season. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's a funny one. It's a difficult one. But, you know, it's, it's more money coming into the club. So, in principle, well done, Crawley. Another local sponsor. Money coming in. Fantastic. Yes. Well, we'll try and see if we can get some sort of um, official answer from the club before next podcast about that just to clear up any sort of confusion that there might be around that sponsor but I think that's pretty much everything we've got to talk about around the ground. That is a bumper Broadfield buzz done and dusted. Well this is where we would be doing the interview with Salim Gagas's Crawley's director of football but we've created a separate podcast podcast episode 10.1 where you can listen exclusively to the interview on its own in its entirety. Uh, so go check it out. So, Jonathan, the big question on episode 10. Now, in episode 9, we asked the question, Chioffi in, Chioffi out, or change my mind every week? Remind us what happened with that question. Yes, well, about a month ago, Chioffi in, 51% of people voted for that. Chioffi out, 26 and then changed my mind every week, 23%. So there was a fair amount of people who were unsure, along with asking Chioffe to leave. But the majority, of course, was they wanted Chioffe to stay. Now, has that changed? Well, that was based on 61 votes took part in that one. We asked exactly the same question again yesterday after the loss to MK Dons. Okay, exactly the same question a month later. Okay. It's changed. About 86 votes this time. So a bit more um, emotion, let's say. A bit more emotion in the answer. And it has changed dramatically. So it was originally 51% Chioffi in. It's now 27% Chioffi in. 
It was 23% change my mind every week. Now just 10 people change their mind every week. It was 26% Chuffy out. It's now 63% Chuffy out one month later. Wow. It's yeah, very clear to see that people are not unsure anymore. They're one or the other pretty much. I mean, myself, I was I was a month ago, I was Chuffy in because I can vote from my personal account as well. So uh, we all have our own opinions. I vote Chuffy in. Jonathan, I voted Chuffy out. Oh. I never thought I'd do it. Brave for missing it. I ne- I never thought I'd do it, but yeah, I did. Um, I was between that and changed my mind every week. But again, we go back to the stats we had at the start of the month, and I, I don't see it changing. I don't see it changing. Five wins in 27, that is enough time. That is enough time to build a philosophy, build a game plan, build a strategy, build a team, build a uh, mentality and a confidence, etc., etc., but five wins in 27, our best player being left out of the squad for reasons we don't know. Two players dissing the training club and the facilities um, online, as far as we know. It, it's not going in the right... There's no signs that it's going in the right direction. Yes, yeah, so those are the stats around it. What are the reasonings? Because quite a few people commented on our Twitter post, sort of giving in the why they were voting whatever way they voted. Yeah, so I mean like that that's my thoughts and we did ask everybody that answered if they wanted to have an opinion just leave it behind. So I've got a few here. Uh, Roy Savage said I was changed my mind every week, but now he has to go. He might be a nice bloke, but I don't think he's got a clue. Uh, Kenny Cummings said, I feel Brewster has been brought in pending the immediate departure of Chioffi. Interestingly, we mentioned that at the start. A great comment from Neil Hobbs. I love this one. He is completely undecided, okay? I feel the club had a lot of work. I feel the club had a lot of work to do off the pitch to build a working environment, a football league standard to enable any manager to be successful. Great point. If and probably when Chuffy goes, it will just be a matter of time until the next bloke struggles. Really good point. Because without the training facilities and the off-field um, facilities, etc., etc., how can anybody create a positive working environment and, and create a successful team? And making a change this late in the season, I feel, would be detrimental to you know Crawley's uh, position in the table. If anything, I think it probably would make them go down. Or... or would the last few games, you always get a new manager kick, don't you? Or would over the last few games give that manager a chance to start playing with a team before he just has a random summer and comes into a new squad? At least gives them a few games to learn the players a little bit better before they move away for the summer. Um, CTFC EXCH said, how can anyone still be a Chioffi in with five wins in 27, four goals in our last nine? He still doesn't bring in any of the strikers, drops Moraes and Gambin and never starts Ashley Nathaniel George, even though he's quality. How much longer? And that got five likes and two retweets, that comment as well. Ruben Watt, for me, last week, I didn't think he should go. He should go. However, now he is leaving players out. I do think he should go. Malcolm was clearly at the darts. He put up his Ladbrook sign um, at the darts and put Chioffi out instead of go um, sort of uh, Van Barneveld, et cetera, et cetera. CTFC fan, uh, I've been Chioffi out for a long time, but he's, but, he's got, but he's not going to get sacked, is his opinion. I understand that opinion completely as well. There's no signs of it happening. And Ben AFC said, Brewster being brought in says a lot for how much the confidence that the board have in him. Chuffy's a nice guy, but seems really out of his depth. Chuffy out. Is that a confidence thing that Craig was brought in, though? Because it seems like Chuffy has asked for additions to his coaching staff. And the way that it's kind of been shown from the club's perspective is that they have um, sort of adhered to what Chuffy has asked for and given him what he's wanted. But is that a lack of confidence in him? He's, n- he's now got Nathan Rooney, Jimmy Smith and Craig Brewster. 
I mean, how, how many do you need? I don't. I don't know what they're all doing individually. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what Craig's job is. I don't know what exactly what Jimmy does now or Nathan does now. Gabby's the man at the top. How many people do you need around you? Because the more and more you need, yeah, more heads. Are, two heads are better than one. But there comes a point where it's so diluted that is what Gabby's saying actually what everybody's listening to? Or are they listening to Nathan a little bit more? Are they listening to, to Craig now? Are they listening to Jimmy as a fellow player? Who are they listening to? Who's in charge? Yes, and I think all of this, I think, is going to need to be presented to Silim when you go and have a chat with him, especially the whole results around these uh, polls. It'll be very interesting to see what he makes of it and interesting to see whether he can clarify what are the actual individual roles of all of these different coaching staff members because let's be honest when a media release is is given by the club about someone new coming in it's kind of a bit wishy-washy yeah and uh, of course we've listened to that interview so hopefully i did say all those things ask those questions and uh, let's move on from that that was the big question but i also asked a question just for fun between now and the last podcast as well and it, w- it was um where would we be without the clat the cat <laughs> Glenn Morris. You had four options. They were whether we'd still be around about 17th in League Two, whether we'd be 11th in the National League, 8th in the Conference South, or would we be 21st in the Crawley 3G5 aside? We had 91 votes for this, Jonathan. That is more than the big question about the Chioffi in, Chioffi out, etc, etc. 91 votes. It's ridiculous. Uh, But thank you. 9% still thought we'd be 17th in League Two without Glenn Morris. Not a chance. No, not a chance at all. We are the only reason. He, sorry, he, <laughs> we he, are the only reason. <laughs> he is the, not us. He is the only reason we're a League Two club. And I, I say that absolutely hand on heart as well. I completely believe it. He's worth about 15, 20 points a season. Um, 33%, and this is where I felt the most points would come from. 33% said we'd be 11th in the National League. 11% has said we'd be 8th in the Conference. And 47% of people said we would be 21st in the Crawley 3G 5 side League without Glenn Morris. That answer quite tickled me. <laughs> <Did> a <lot laughs> but um, yeah, thank you for every single poll we put out. We get great answers and great comments. So thank you so much for getting involved. We really, really appreciate it. And we'll, we'll continue to do so. We think it's a pretty good... Uh, talking point on the podcast the big question so uh, look out for the next one as well well Ewan like usual it's been quite a packed episode and and the time is ticking on so let's not hold everyone up uh, much longer Anything for added time before we go? Yeah, a few last bits and bobs just to uh, clean things up for episode number 10. Again, thank you for listening if you got this far. It has been a long one, we know, but but so much has happened since the last episode, um, the last full episode a month ago. So a few little bits. Uh, Devil's Delight, the shop is now reopened again on match days for your little bits and bobs, your scarves and hats, etc., etc., over on the far side of the stadium. Fuji jackets in the shop, £15 I now. I saw that. Down Bargain. from 40 as we get into the warmer weather. And all sizes are still available, apparently. Oh, you've read the website. Um, Print-at-home match day tickets are now available via the website. I think that's really, really pulling Crawley Town into the 21st century, isn't it? So you can now print off your match tickets at home then just scan them at the gate, which is great. Um, Away travel. We always mention away travel. Next away game is, of course, um, we are going to away against Crew on the 15th. Uh, Sorry, they are 15th in the table. We're going away to Crew as our next away game. Um, again, tickets, 20 quid. Just go to ghcoaches.com. They've got all the information there, buffet included, etc., etc. 
After that, we've got two away games versus Morecambe and Carlisle. Oh, my goodness me. They are overnight stays. So they're about 70, 80 quid, including your travel, um, your buffet stop and hotel as well. So some really interesting trips coming up with GH Coaches. Have a look at the website. I've got here um, Craig Brewster returns, but we spoke about it in the main main podcast anyway. But it's, again, it's, I just think it's worthy news. Great, great to see him back at the club. The Community Foundation put a tweet out recently. Are you looking for an exciting birthday party idea for your child? Well, if your child loves Crawley Town Football Club... We have a variety of birthday packages to suit you. So have a look at the Community Foundation website. Um, they've got some interesting stuff. Or well, you can get to it via the Crawley Town website as well. All birthday packages are filled with many different activities to make your child's day special. And talking about children, I was in Sainsbury's on Friday. And a chap, I now know him to be called Guy, started speaking to me. And it turns out his son, Alfie, is a massive Crawley Town fan, seasoned to get older. As we were speaking in Sainsbury's, he was currently at home playing Crawley against Real Madrid on FIFA. So he's a massive... I, didn't, I don't know how the game went. I'll have to find out a little bit later. But I promise to say hello to Guy and Alfie, Crawley Town fans. And um, chaps, of course, if you're on Twitter as well, leave us a couple of comments and questions. Um, always do try and get involved. Um, but I know they're a, a podcast listener because naturally, when we started talking about Crawley Town, I did ask, oh, by the way, do you listen to the podcast? I I was over the moon when they said yes, so I said I'd mention you on the podcast. So, hello, Guy and Alfie. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Hope you've all enjoyed the podcast. Again, it's been pretty packed. We understand that. So, it's going to be a fairly long one, but hopefully it's worth it, full of interesting Crawley Town-related topics and conversations. So, um, Jonathan, anything you want to say last few words on episode number 10? So, very quickly, um, last episode, the Forum podcast special, we did mention about Joe Comper wanting uh, to get fans all together to, to join in and help him with uh, a commercial initiative of how to best advertise Crawley Town to the town because we all know that uh, there's not enough people coming through the gates. So if any of you are sitting there listening and thinking, you know, I have a great way to advertise Crawley, I could do Joe's job better than him, which uh, I don't think you could because Joe's doing a fabulous job. But either way, if you think you could help him do his job um, then he wants to hear from you and he wants to have you on a panel to help him make decisions and, and uh, basically advertise Crawley to the town, which uh, is fabulous. And uh, I think, yeah, we should all get on board and help him because it's only going to benefit the club going forward. So from Ewan and myself and... Buddy and Beetle, Ewan's dogs have joined us for this episode. They've been uh, pretty well behaved. I cannot believe how quiet they've been. There was one section we had to cut short because they started barking at the postman at the door. But apart from that, they've been absolutely silent. So thanks, Buddy and Beetle. You've been really, really good. Daddy's very proud of you. Yes, chewing away at their lovely treats there. But yes, from all four of us, uh, thanks for listening. And we look forward to seeing you around the ground in the coming few matches and uh, talking to you in the next podcast very soon. Thank you very much. 